Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. It's V-Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Today's opening tip, Giannis seems to be really enjoying the kiss camp from the bench here. He's he's pretending maybe that he lo- he he really really loves it himself. <laughs> Good for him. That was the a muscles. sixth grade move. Yeah, this is a man with an absolutely lovely partner and a baby on the way. Again. He was about six four in sixth grade. So. <laughs> he was kissing he's his happy. arm. He's kissing his arm. Savvy. I'm just saying that he has many loved ones. All those brothers, right? Well, he had a teammate yet, right there. He right. could have embraced him, like the old shack where yeah. he just starts. Yeah, just, there you yeah, go. You never know. I think that there's love in Milwaukee, and that's the lesson for today. Or. In New York, depending on what you're discussing from last night. Welcome to The Jump. I'm Rachel Nichols, alongside the host of the Hoop Collective podcast, Mr. Brian Winhorst. And yeah, sure, he won an NBA title, but he also has his own podcast, which I mean, I don't know which your family is more proud of you for Ray my or parent, podcast. My, my parents aren't are proud of they just me. Once a Nick, always a Nick. I, yeah, yeah, I do. Oh, Brian. Oh, boy. Um, coming up, Nuggets head coach Mike Malone says the Lakers are at a whole other level than his team. Are the Lakers actually that far ahead in the West? Brian Windhorst has some concerns, but first, 376 days. That is how long Carmelo Anthony had to wait from his last game in Houston until he finally got another chance with the Blazers two weeks ago. From the brink of possibly never playing in the NBA again, Melo is now back and helping Portland, looking more like the Melo of old than he has in years, refreshed physically and mentally. I sat down with Melo just a couple days ago to discuss his journey back and why retirement is now the last thing on his mind. Melo draws the double. Adams briefly shows. Again, it's Anthony on Ferguson. Blows by. Takes it to the cup. Melo special. So it has been a crazy couple of weeks. You're out of the NBA. You're back in the NBA. You have a night. You go 0 for 8 from 3. The next night, you drop 25 Mm -hmm. points on 50% shooting. And the crowd in Chicago actually starts chanting your name. What has this couple weeks been like? It's been great, though. It's been, you know, early on, it was a lot emotionally to kind of deal with, kind of just being out the the game for, uh, at that point in time, was a year, you know, to that day. Uh, And then just getting a call and, like, having to switch back mentally and emotionally. What did you hear about yourself? In your time off, what were some of the things that kind of cut you the most that you heard? Selfish, bad teammate, bad locker room guy. I'm like, where's like, where's all of these things coming from? It was a copycat, uh, you know, league and a copycat narrative that was out there. It started becoming a domino effect. And early, that was that's what was, you know, that was cutting deep. And it was just like, why? And I have I, I have prepared myself to kind of just walk away from the game. Uh, if the right situation didn't come about. You really were ready to walk away? I was ready to walk away. Yeah. I mean, because it's hard, like, waking up every morning, not knowing what to expect, not knowing what to do, not knowing what to work on, uh, you know, wanting to give up hope, wanting to give up faith and belief and just, like, you know, just forget this whole basketball thing. And what were some of the mechanisms you developed to cope with all of that? I heard you started taking walks. I started taking walks, man, just to kind of clear my mind and 
breathe a little bit and relax and kind of just stay in my moment and stay on kind of, I call it my square and, you know, I, I couldn't let nobody knock me off of that. Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum have both already praised you up and down as a teammate. And Dame in particular has talked about when you and he have spoken, even privately, mm -hmm. you have never blamed anyone else for the last couple of seasons. You've taken responsibility. Yeah, Why do you think that's so important? I mean, I can't, I can't blame Houston. I can't blame OKC. It's a business at the end of the day. And I think once you know that, uh, everything else kind of falls, you know, by, by the wayside. After a while, I just was like, you know what? I'm gonna just, I gotta let it go. Right, I just got to let this go and, and kind of just continue on with with who I am as a person, more so than a basketball player. Uh, that was that was important to me. Your wife Lala has been a huge support for you through all of this, and there was this great moment when your team was in Chicago. Yeah. She's in the stands. She's FaceTiming with your son Kai, and she yeah. turns the camera around so you and Kai can see each other. What was that like? That was a special moment. Uh, I think people take that moments like that for granted. Uh, People take, uh, you know, in sports, you're supposed to be just so locked in and focused and insecurity was like, oh, look, your son is on there. So it, it was a moment that uh, I don't I don't think I'll ever forget. Yeah, for sure. Your son Kai is 12 years old, and I know he's your biggest fan. He's yeah. got to be so happy you're back on the court. But are there some mixed feelings that you're leaving him after being it's, home with him for a year? When the smoke clears, it's, you know, my, my dad is leaving. Right. My dad is not here. So you have to deal with those emotions. You got to try to balance it out. But it's, it's heavy communication, you know, you know, making him understand this situation and making him feel a part of the situation. Carmelo, Ron and Hyde drills another one, scores! And he draws the foul. Pitch, he's on fire. Finishes, draw. Oh, Carmelo. It is a great situation for yeah. you, both the makeup of the team, the locker room here, the basketball fans here. Yeah. Um, they have a lot of injuries, so you were able to walk right into the starting lineup. Mm -hmm. If there comes a time where the injury situation changes or the makeup of the team changes and they want you to have more of a bench role. Yeah, I'm, I'm open. And I, I've told them those guys from the beginning, like, my big thing was just be transparent with me. Okay. Right? Tell me what you need from me. I think I've earned that right, you know, for, for guys to just be open and honest and let's put it out there on the table and that's something that the organization and the guys on the team and the coaching staff we laid that out you know from day one we got that clear you know before i stepped in the door on that first phone call um that that was cleared up i know some people have suggested to you that oh good you got back in this can be your retirement tour <laughs> it doesn't it's, sound like you're looking at it like that no and it i i, I don't hear that from like my colleagues at all like i hear that from media right it's like the you know the media wants to like write that narrative oh he should go out and he should retire why like why you just want me to retire like I mean, you just I, got back here i feel good it's like i just had a year off i'm like <laughs> i had a year off rest of my body the most important part about that is i, I rested my mind right i got my mind right and, and i don't think people understand how strong that is when you're able to get your mind right everything else flows Take those meditation walks around different NBA take the, cities. Take the meditation walk, stay on my square, and, and we go from there. I love that. He literally goes out and walks for about a half hour, and since he has been back in the NBA, 
He has still been doing it. They were on a road trip to start in his stint with Portland. He's walking around Milwaukee. He's walking around the streets of Chicago. Half hour meditation. Stay on my square. And Richard, you heard Melo describe how not only physically but mentally when you're out of the game, how it messes with you. What's been your experience? Even I mean, you didn't have that break like no. he did, but you, late in your career you had different. Yeah, but that's also the reason why I retired is because I was not going to wait on a phone call. And I was not nearly the player, and I was later on in my career. So it was like once the phone did not ring, I was I was done. Okay, like I'm not, I don't have a job, and the training camp is starting. To do what he did and work as hard as he has without actually knowing if he's going to get an opportunity is mentally trying. Because the physical part, you can stay ready, but mentally to just be – out, out there free. And this is a person that's played basketball his entire life. This is a person that's played basketball for 30 years. And then to train for a year and not know if you're going to get a job, that, that can be mentally trying. And I'm, I'm glad that he's continuing to do the things that helped get him through it because that's the last thing you want to do is change the process that, that allowed you to get back to the right mental space. I can't relate to that, what it's, what it's like to him. I can't even begin to understand it. I am stunned that physically he's been able to come in and play like this. Did not play for a year in your mid to late 30s. I mean, I have seen well-conditioned guys who are in a who are in a rhythm come into training camp, Richard, in their 30s and uh-huh. get hurt their first week of training camp. Uh-huh. I know that he did this little weekend training camp in New York before he signed with them, but for them to he he didn't even have a shoot around. I was when they started him. I was like, oh my god, they're going to hurt him in his first couple of days. Not only has he shown that he's in physically good condition, he's excelled. Oh. I've been blown away by how he's been able to physically contribute right away. I think that's a compliment. And I know that he talks about being mentally ready, and I have no doubt that that was a huge thing for him. But the physical thing, which I can judge, has been very impressive to me I as mean, well. look, he has been an elite athlete since he was a teenager. So the fact that he is still an elite athlete in his 30s is yeah. not a shock. It's like when beauty queens age yeah, really well, you're like, yeah, Helen Mirren was beautiful hard. when she was younger. It is <laughs> hard. There is no soul cycle. There is no, no training that you can do. You have to eat everything right and you're older. You have to train for hours every single day. That, like to your point, is so impressive. I've seen a number of players that I've watched up close come back after a summer off, yes, Mm -hmm. not a year, and lose it and be done. Yes, and to your point, the part I saw Richard, you know, point out when during the interview he said, "You wake up and you don't even really know what to work on, (laughs) right? You don't have a training camp. You don't have coaches showing you film. You don't have anything. You just have to like sort of do it from scratch every day." And it has been successful. The Blazers have won a season best for them, three straight games with Melo, Dame, and CJ. They've all been scoring. Um, so, So let's take a look here at sort of where they are. You've seen his his impact. What do you think? Twenty a game. Okay, so the first week we saw sort of shaky production. But the fact that, again, he was just out there and contributing 20-plus minutes, I was pretty yeah. impressed by. Last week was spectacular. And not only what his statistics were, which were great, but the little things, the nuances, the, where he was positioning, his, his uh, pass here, uh, defensive positioning here. Um, I don't think we should overreact to week two, just like we didn't overreact to week one, especially since two games last week were against the Bulls, which frankly are one of the worst teams in the league. Tonight, he has a great opportunity for a wonderful test. He's had a couple of days off. They play the Clippers here on the road. 
that's going to be a wonderful test to see, especially since the Clippers will have been able to defensively prepare for him. So let's just let's just not assume that he's back and going to be a contender for the All Star game, but let's not assume that he's done either. And I and I completely agree. Like, there's going to be an up and down. Yeah. Let's not look at like oh, this 20 games and 30 games. And look, he might struggle next week. He might have a bad game. We can't over dissect who he is right now. He's with the Blazers. He'll be with them. You know, throughout this entire season, he's going to have a good month. He's going to have a bad month. If we sit here and dissect him, then that's bad for him, and that's not fair to him. I think we just need to allow him to play. And look, one week, one week good, one week okay, but we know he belongs in this league. And by the way, here's what happens when you are 35 years old and playing in your 17th season and all of that. You become more of a situational player, even if you're a starter, right? There might be situations against certain teams where you are gangbusters and great. There might be situations where you are more of a liability and they rotate away from you a little bit more. That is what happens as you age in any professional sport. But to your point, he still deserves to be here. And I just have to say, the idea of being out the way he was and returning the way he did, whatever happens from here on out, I hope the insight you got from hearing him talk, I walked away from that room feeling like, man, that is an accomplishment, yes. even in itself, well, two weeks regardless ago, what happens I was sitting here. here hoping for the best, but preparing for the worst. And that conversation is no longer on the table. We're now talking about whether he's here or here. Right. And I think just just that is a great accomplishment. First player in a week since 2014. Okay. Was that 2014? Yeah, Western Conference Player of the Week, which is incredible. And again, for people who have asked, that decision is made by the league office. It's not by just fans or fellow players or the media. The league NBA office, office or fans, too. Well, I'm just saying that, you know, people were like, oh, did fellow players give him that? No, no, no. the NBA gave him that. Numbers, up. numbers gave him that. We're going to talk about Carmelo's old team, the Knicks, suffered another blowout loss on Monday in Milwaukee. What is next for this team and Coach Fisdale? Yeah, that will be discussed. First, though, it's time for our distant replay. It's this date, 2000. You know what time it is. Uh-oh. It's insanity time. It's insanity time. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> oh come on. <laughs> Richard, did you guys ever get bored of watching him in no. practice or no. around? Or? Our coach actually yelled at this one time. Vince did a 360 windmill and no one really cheered. Right. And he was like, guys, you act like you see this all the time. Like, how about some energy right. on the you bench? Like, we do, we see, like, it. We we do, do we see it all the time. We do, coach. We see <laughs> it all the time. It's a make or miss league. It's a make or miss league. Oh, I have no idea. Make. <laughs> miss. It's a make or miss league. See, Giannis knows. Make distractions. Alert! It is time for another Al Horford flinch. <laughs> I mean, look, Al has been doing this for years. For a while, he said he wasn't aware he was doing it. Don't buy it. Then he said he was doing it on purpose. No, I love it. Devin Booker has tried to imitate him doing this. Um, should more players jump in on this? Because, I mean, you know. This is his thing. Leave him alone. There will be a time where, like, five years from now, there will be some young player that saw it and thought it was the funniest thing, and he'll be doing it. But, yeah, it's definitely worth it. Keep it going. Are you saying he does it on purpose? Because if he does do it on purpose, then I think he should be an actor after his career. He's a thousand. Look, look, he's doing it, like, ten seconds later. Oh. No, he's not. Ten that, seconds. That's not that, well, that wasn't ten seconds. Like, come I on. Think now, I think now he's. I appreciate you having his back. Do you think he's doing this? Come on. Yes, he's doing it as a reaction. <laughs> Miss post defense. We're gonna throw some basketballs at okay. Richard later and see if he flinches. Okay. We had some oh. strong dunks last night. Giannis over Julius Randle. How do you defend that. 
You and don't. And look at Joel Embiid here. And sorry, oh, Davis. Bully yeah, that's just a grown man. All right, so who is the bigger bully in the book? Well, I these mean, are, these are what, you know. The look, guys. he did that to Randall. Randall is six foot nine, two hundred sixty pounds. Randall kind of shoved him in the chest. He was oh. trying. Like Royce O'Neal, he just saw a smaller man and said, "Oh, Embiid's like, I'm just uh. taking it." I mean, look. There are other teams contending in the East. I'm not disrespecting the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat. But yes, there is the idea that it could come down to these two guys going at each other to oh. get to the NBA Finals just because of the big presence on both of those and teams. And dealing with either of them is one of the reasons why the Celtics, as great as they're playing, I don't know if they can if they can do Have it in someone to, to, mm. Trade, Trader Danny. Make Tsunami Puppy. <laughs> oh. Gray, big night starting with that poster. And then two huge threes late. This beat the Hornets. Brian, you know that's Tsunami Poppy's music. This was one of the strangest games I've seen all season. Kelly Oubre was just average to below average, and then the last two minutes of this game looked like LeBron. He had like three steals. That might be a three slight points. exaggeration. Uh, go watch Blake? it. Was that a Steve Blake Go sighting? watch it. He what? was like uh, Carmelo. How about that? He's he was had, like Carmelo in the end of this game. This Why is, don't we have daiquiris for this be, being, being in Phoenix has been great for him. Yes. It has been great for him. He was a you top mean pick. leaving the Wizards was a good idea? Well, I think they weren't. He hadn't made the type of jump that they were expecting, and then he goes to a place and gets the opportunity to do it, and he's maximized it. By the way, Wizards continue to score. They're scoring a basketball now somewhere. Miss expectations. Same game. Check out Bismack Biombo on the break. Finishes with the Euro. Oh, oh the Euro. Look at the bench. Look at the bench. They're la- are they laughing at him or with him? He ain't laughing. So <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely that Euro's Gorgeous. Good for him. And a great finish, too. The key, you got to finish it. Well, yeah. How great money finish is he it. making right now? Uh, it doesn't matter. Not by enough. By the way. Not uh, enough, <laughs> judging by that Euro. Sneaker, sneaky buyout candidate for that's, Trader Danny, that's by the why, way. That's Ooh. why I was asking. Where is he going to go? You're so good. Uh, so good. <laughs> um, this is This is interesting. All right. Let's get to a team that is... Um, Speaking Not, of buyout candidates. I don't I don't know what else to say to intro Knicks topics. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Knicks. It's not pretty again. I'm sorry. Cover your eyes if you're a Knicks fan or producer Steve. They lost their seventh straight game last night. They have the worst record in the East. Coach David Fisdale trying to keep it positive on the sidelines. But, um, Brian, what is next for him? Because it was, what, three weeks ago now that our mm-hmm. Adrian Wojnarowski and Malika Andrews had the story that he was on thin ice there? I was mildly surprised he wasn't fired today. Honestly, I mean, I mean, no offense, I mean, anybody, but it's not four o'clock yet on the East Coast. They, you know, they have they have two days off here. Right. They have today and tomorrow off. Uh, you obviously are not surprised they're playing the second night of a back-to-back in Milwaukee. You're not surprised they get beat. Um, the team has not responded to the adversity. The only thing that they really have left to do right now is to say, let's change the coach to see if we can salvage this. I mean, salvage what? What is there to slip this team? You want me to answer that? Yes. For the front office to salvage their jobs. Right? Thank you. Thank okay, you. But that's, but that's true. Thank you for being honest. Like, that is the, the front office is trying to salvage their jobs. This is not a Fizdale problem. Let me ask you a question, though, in, in just in terms of that and the way, because it works differently, obviously, with every organization, and who knows with this one. But would it salvage their jobs? Because these guys have now run through X number of coaches, and certainly Steve Mills more so, than Scott Perry. Look, at the end of I the mean, day... I mean, doesn't at that point having another fired coach on your resume... Look, if, if we're going to be 100% honest about the situation, has David Fisdale done a good job of creating a style of play? No. Has he done a good job of developing this is what we're going to be night in and night out, as in you know what your role is, you know what your role is? He has not. But for... And so 4-17 and 17 is on his head. It's not a 4-17 and 17 roster. But it's not a 500 roster. It's a bad team. He was given a bad team. He was given a team with five power forwards. He was given a team with no point guard. And in the NBA, if you don't have a point guard, they're getting boat raced by the other team's backcourt 
almost every night. And that's a result of personnel. So you can only sell two things in the NBA, hope or success. They can't sell success, and right now there's not even selling hope because they don't even have the free agent class that they thought they were having. What is your face doing right now? You're you're right, right? The 4-17 and is on him, right? They probably should have seven wins. But seven wins would still have him in the exact same position. Eight wins would still have him in the exact same position. And that's the type of roster that they have. So, like, I look at another team that's struggling like the Warriors. They had still no 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 totally listen listen to me listen, listen to me listen to me they're selling sell. hope but this is what I'm saying it's because they played Thompson no, and Steph Curry but, but, waiting in the wings no but you started the season with Steph Curry you started the season and then they were struggling the all Warriors I'm saying is are not a comp here. I'm not saying the Warriors are a comp what I'm saying is talent to talent right the Warriors had more talent and they were still struggling to start off the Knicks have far less talent and they are struggling and look like an like a very very terrible team so like what do the Knicks have that should warrant any type of positivity from their fan base or from their organization? Like that's said, my only argument. I'm not saying that they're the Warriors. I'm not saying that. And that's why, really, they're left with very few options. And option A is to, to change the coach. And honestly, because of the storm that was caused by that press conference, changing the coach might actually help by at least getting rid of the uncertainty. But they have a West Coast trip coming up. And I don't care if you bring Red Auerbach back. He's not, he's not going to be able to fit. Maybe. I mean, that would sell hope. Right. That would be that right. would be different. Maybe they wait until the end of the West Coast road trip because they don't want to set whatever new coach they have up for this. Um, to go back to the front office, Steve Mills has been in charge of this front office since 2013. Obviously worked in the front office much longer. In the last 15 years, uh, the Knicks have the second worst record in the NBA. They have cycled through many, many coaches in that time. Um, in the last 20 years, they have the worst record in the NBA. But even if you just take the last 15, their winning percentage is 38 percent, which is not what you We're only talking about them because they're in New York. Well, but that's actually a a good point, though. This is a team with all the advantages. And I think that is why sometimes there is frustration from the fan base, frankly, more than almost anyone. I mean, more than anyone else. No, No one is more frustrated than Knicks fans. I know that it feels sometimes like everybody else talks about them. Go sit down with the Knicks fans sometime, well, and they will at, talk to you about how frustrated they are. At the start of training camp, the front office sat down and said, we believe we had a good summer, no matter what anybody says, and this is going to be a okay, better... your face season. is doing that again. Look at what your face so, is doing. We, we, don't, we don't believe what anybody else is saying. Well, everyone else isn't lying. I was always told that. If everyone else is telling you something, then you need to listen to what everybody but is saying. But I'm saying they set it up that way. By, by, by either by their not being truthful or being woeful in projecting their team. Either way, it's not good. Numbers-wise, they have the biggest fan base in the NBA. They have a huge resource in terms of money, in terms of their local TV contract, merchandising opportunities, the ability to draw free agents. The NBA would do better if this team Without question. was doing better. Coming up, Kyle Kuzma has scored four points in each of his previous two games. Uh, is there a concern about his fit at all, or is it something else? We will discuss that next on The Jump. We are going to find a cure for cancer, but we need your help. We must continue to donate. We must continue to fight. And we must continue to do this together. We miss you, Craig. Join ESPN and the V Foundation in the fight against cancer. Visit v.org slash donate. All donations benefit the V Cancer Research Foundation. 
All right, Friday on ESPN and the ESPN app. Another star-studded doubleheader, Jokic and the Nuggets versus Kemba and the Celtics. Doing that game. This is going to be good. You should watch it despite Richard being involved. <laughs> then the <laughs> Western <laughs> Conference <laughs> League yes. Lakers take on the Blazers in Portland. This is going to be fun. Uh, did you know that LeBron and Carmelo started playing against each other in high school? And here they are, 18 years later. At the uh, USA Basketball. NBA court. USA Basketball camp in um, New Jersey? Colorado Springs. Oh, okay. They, he told me that their first game old. was in New Jersey. but Yeah, but they met in Colorado yeah, Springs. Yeah, they're so there you old. go. Old. We're all old. getting old. Denver Nuggets sit in the second place in the Western Conference. This team is not old. They're 13-4 and four going into their showdown with the first place Lakers tonight. Denver is two and a half games back of first. But Nuggets coach Mike Malone sees the gap between the teams as much wider. Are you ready for some coach speak here, guys? Yes. <laughs> Here's some coach speak. Mike Malone says the Lakers are, quote, on a whole other level. Uh, Brian, what is your reaction? You know, the Nuggets are like the we best a, team we, in the NBA at home. For like the last 25 years, um, if they would, it'll be a miracle, right? It'll be, I don't know how it'll ever. How we it'll need work. like a term for what's like anti-bulletin board material when you're trying to butter the other team up, right, whatever right. that is. If we if we get within 15, we'll have done. It's going to be job. amazing. Coach's speak is this. I'm going to give you guys his quote for. Okay, real talk. If they give win us or the lose. real talk. If they win, after this statement, if they win or if they lose, they'll be like, look, I told our guys this is a great team and blah, blah, blah. We got a long way to go and do this. That's a great team over there. Lower the expectations. Yeah. If they win, it'll be like, hey, look, you know, that's a great team over there. They're going to be right there at the end. And really and truly, like, we took a step in the right direction towards getting there. We're not quite there yet, but today was a right step in the, in a step in the right direction. I am excited for this game. I mean, this this is really, the despite what Mike best, is saying, two of the best teams. The Nuggets have been the best defense in the league thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the real difference between these two teams is the Lakers have these incredible offensive weapons, and the Nuggets tend to win with a, with a committee on offense. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little bit worried about the Lakers because we all know their schedule is getting tough. We've known mm-hmm. that for months. Their defense, which was elite right. the first three, four weeks of the season, has slipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it really kind of dates back to when Avery Bradley got hurt. Mm-hmm. But if you look at where they've been the last six games, number two, you know when they're twelve and two, they got to twelve and two because of that ranking. That's just a little slippage, and um, they need to tighten it up. And Frank Vogel just won Coach of the Month. He is a defensive coach, yep. but the hard work that a coach must do is to tighten the screws to get them back to that. Because this week, you just you just talked about their game on Friday. Right. Tonight in Denver, tomorrow in Utah. Who's reeling? Friday in Portland, which is a tough place to play. They don't play more elite defense this week. It's going to be a long week for them. And that's a trend that needs to be addressed. I mean, this game tonight, I think, is going to be the toughest. At least schedule-wise, it looks Mm -hmm. like. You you played with LeBron for a while. Obviously, the defense we saw him at the start of this season was something, frankly, we hadn't seen in a number of years. I mean, the film is the film, and he told told us all. He rededicated himself. Mm -hmm. Um, Is this something he can keep up when Brian's saying it's dropped off. Like, is it something he can keep up the whole season and be great in the playoffs? Does he need to yeah. take a no. week or two of not yes. being exceptional yes. to yes, be good in the does. playoffs? Because playing defense is one of the most grueling things that you can do on your body, right? But you break it up in segments, right? Mm-hmm. First 20 games, then you know after the first of the year, then after All-Star break. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be ups and downs in their defensive efficiency, but ultimately, they got to this spot, then maybe first of the year they'll start to pick it up. Okay, after All-Star break. A lot of it is establishing your, your rules and what you need they know that they can be a number one or a top five defense now they just they're going to have some downs they're going to have a tough schedule they're going to have injuries like you said Avery Bradley but ultimately they know what their principles are and what they can accomplish so 
they're going to be up and down. I Personally, I think the rest of the way. They're going to have 10-game stretches where they're 2. Then they're going to have 10-game stretches where they're 19. But ultimately, they know when it's time to lock in, come postseason, last 10 games, they're going to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. And they know now that they can do it. Yes. So, And, and that's something that, frankly, going into the season, there wasn't a ton of indications. Oh, my God, this is going to be the best defensive team in the league. Sometimes the guys themselves have to know that. And when you have a brand-new coach and a brand-new system and a bunch of brand-new players and you establish yourself in the first 15, 20 games that we are elite defensively, Okay, we know what we can do. Yep, absolutely. I do want to talk about Kyle Kuzma, though, because out a little bit with the injury. Um, come back. He scored five points or fewer four times in the past two weeks, most recently scoring four on one of eight shooting on Sunday in the Lakers' loss to the Mavs. Richard, is this a phase? Do you think it is a bigger picture fit issue? What do you What do you think? Well, I, I think for Kyle Kuzma, when you're trying to win a championship and you're on that caliber team, everyone sacrifices. Like you go one for eight. You like if you're on a lesser team, you might be able to get yourself going in the fourth quarter. But you're you're the third best player on their team offensively, so you're going to get the third most opportunities. But I think for Kyle Kuzma, a guy that missed a ton of time, you come back and maybe there's some fatigue. Maybe it's like, yo, you hadn't played really that much in months. You come back in the middle of the season, you have a burst, and then all of a sudden you start to get a little fatigued. But he'll get it back on. Yeah. I was thinking more about the eye injury, which was more recent, but your point about hitting that wall after... The legs yeah. and, and not having your legs underneath you. The person who seems to be worried about the fit is, is Frank Vogel. And the reason is he's only playing 22 minutes a game. Mm-hmm. He, it's 11 minutes less than he did last year. Now, granted, their team's gone under a major change, especially at the forward spot. So I'm, Anthony not, Davis I'm expecting his... He's, he's averaging six fewer shots, which I understand. But the only 22 minutes... Leads me to believe that Frank Vogel isn't confident with some of the more elite lineups that he's got out there with him. And so he's got to convince his coach that he can fill the role enough to get some more minutes because his statistics being down, to me, is more of a function of just straight availability. And granted, as you mentioned, he's coming back from that foot injury. You're going to watch his minutes coming up. But again, he's now been back for 16 games, and his minutes have not risen. So really... um, they do need him to be a, a, a functioning third weapon, but that is not how Frank Vogel is playing him. Yeah. Interesting. All right, we'll keep an eye on that. And you know what else we'll keep an eye on? The stat market. Uh-huh. It's coming back right after this break. We'll talk about Luca. He's on the cusp of averaging a 30-point triple-double. Are you buying he's going to be able to do that night after night or selling that he won't? It's not even a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what the jump recommends as well for today. Kirk Goldsberry writing a fantastic piece on James Harden scoring, saying Harden is the best scorer since Michael Jordan. You can check that out on ESPN.com. Sports Center, it's on to 6 o'clock Eastern after PTI with Sage and Kevin. Kirk Herbstreet joining the crew to show his prediction with the fourth college football playoff spot. Sports Center is on ESPN and the app. And hey, do you hear that? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? I hear it. It's the opening bell for the stat market. So the way this works, we give you numbers that are currently occurring in the NBA right now. Right. And if you think they're going to continue, you would buy the stock, right? Or if you think they're going to not continue, you want to sell Right before this the is stock crashes. To understand the game. This is Thank right. You. All right, I want to start with Luka Doncic. Just named Western Conference Player of the Month. He is close to averaging a 30-point triple-double this season. Just came off averaging a 30-point triple-double in November. So, Richard, do you buy or sell Luka's chances at the 30-point triple-double for the season? 
I'm going to sell. I, you know, I, I think it's going to be difficult. He's great. I love Luca. I just think it's very, You're not very. Not selling on Luca. No, I just, selling I'm selling. Kids. I'm selling on this basically because I think over the course of a season and when you're trying to win games, there's going to be some times where he's going to have to sit out because they're getting blown out. This is not just we're going to throw you out there and play you 40 minutes regardless. There's going to be nights where they're just going to pull him. You mentioned the third player ever to do it. Mm-hmm. Westbrook did it twice, two months in his in his whole career. Russell or um, Oscar Robertson did it eight times. That's it. That's the list. So we asking him to do it five, whole six season. months yeah, in, in a, a whole row. season. No, no. yes, yes. Yeah. So still good though. You look at that. Very good. Still good. That's a nice list. It's December. Still good. He's still good. Um, just telling people in Sacramento. Um, oh. Let's move on to Russell Westbrook, who has not been keeping his triple-double pace of the past seasons. He's recorded just one triple-double in his last 13 games. So do you think that him not having the triple-doubles the way he has the past couple years will continue? Are you buying that, or are you selling and think there's going to be change? Yeah, I'm going to buy it because this is his new reality. He knew this was going to be the case when he came to Houston. And if you watch how they're playing... James Harden is back to doing what James Harden does. And, and why wouldn't you give him the keys and let Westbrook continue to produce at this level? By the way, those numbers were pretty darn good. 22, what was it, 23, 7? Those numbers are awful for, for Russell Westbrook. No, I, I'm kidding. I know sarcasm is something that's been lost say, in television. Yeah, it's been but lost in television. Things are not I, going well for I, you the I'm last couple weeks when sarcastic. you make jokes on television. Russell, Wilson, uh, Russell Westbrook is amazing. The thing that's impressive to me is that he has adjusted his game, and he's adjusted what people like kid their egos and all. no he's like hey James score and I'll be the facilitator and I'll do a bunch of other things around and that's what he's shown like even though his numbers like it's not 30 10 and 10 like he's done look at those those numbers I would have killed for those numbers in the best year of my life and this man you had is some like, good seasons yeah but I'd never average 22 7 and well, that's 7 true. yeah so that's what I'm saying like he's taking a step back and you have to do that if you want to get to the place that him and James want to get to here's what I say about Russ he is headstrong he is stubborn. He is invested once he thinks about something. He obviously, we saw his approach to Kevin Durant after KD left. But he is willing to adapt his game. And if you look over his time in Oklahoma City, over year to year, while he was playing with Kevin, after Kevin left, there were a lot of changes and adjustments he made. So it didn't make him a completely different player. Most people don't wake up out of the bed and just become a different person. But he has been willing over the years, and you can look it up, where he was willing to make adjustments. It didn't surprise me that in going to Houston, he was willing to say, okay, I'm going to play. I'm, I'm not going to be a different person, not going to be a different player, but I'm willing to adjust how what weight I put on different things. Their style of basketball still concerns me. <laughs> <laughs> just putting that on just record. Putting it on future. record. They're both. He wrote great. it down. They're <laughs> sti- I, I actually underlined something. Underlined something. Underline That's something. important. Uh, let's move on to Zach Levine, who dropped 28 in a win over the Kings last night. He's been on fire, and the marker is when he was benched by Jim Boylan on November 22nd against the Heat. Since then. He has been averaging 32 points a game. Remember that crazy game in the next night after that. So, Richard, do you buy or sell Zach's continued scoring pace? First of all, I want to say thank you to Coach Boylan, right? Thank you, Coach. These millennials have been coddled so, so much. Oh, my God. Get off my lawn. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. You I'm did telling not you actually too. start a sentence I, I with these millennials. These millennials, right? No, because this is the way you're in a millennial. I, I know, say, but aren't look, you this, a millennial? Th- those are just details. I've been coddled also, but this is what I'm saying, though. 
this, this, you know, kids today, right? As oh I stand God. up on my pedestal. What they, what they do though is that you go to school for one year and then you're the top five pick and then Did you're they handed, walk uphill you're, both ways you're, to yes, school yes, or they, what? They're handed the keys to a franchise and they're expected. No, sometimes you need tough lessons to be learned and your coach benches you and like you show up and you respond. Maybe more benches, benching should be done. We talked about Fisdale and his issues. He had benched Knox because he's trying to teach these kids these lessons. I'm not trying to I go back a, to the Knicks. I have a very unfortunate piece of information. For oh, it's geez. been one year since Jim Boylan took over. Yes. In that one year, according to Casey Johnson of NBC, mm-hmm. which he's never wrong. Yes, correct. <laughs> I completely agree with you on they that. They have five wins against teams with winning records. Wait, what? Five. Say that again, please. One year. Yes. I don't know if it's 82 games, but it's close to 82 yeah, games. Yeah, calendar year. They have five wins over teams with winning records and none this year. Why are you getting Speaking into the details? Knicks, Why are you talking Knicks, about the details? The Knicks have two wins over team with the same team as Dallas. All Knicks have two. But, <laughs> I, I know we're talking about Zach Levine. <laughs> I, 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 what I'm saying is, I do think Zach Levine will continue to play well. I'm not so sure we could say that Jim, Jim Boylan is ben leading to, ex, to success. Well, success. I, well, I'm not saying he's leading to success. I'm just saying that sometimes you need to send a message, and he sent a message to a very good. Message. And then he then he comes back and says, "I hope that's not what I'm that's saying." So no, I'm saying that you should bench a guy if he's not giving the effort, and then he has responded since that benching. It was up on the graphic. Whoever made that graphic, <laughs> a beautiful graphic. By the way. Here's what Richard has said: These millennials and kids today. So there you go. Um, I believe if that wasn't the sign for the closing bell, I don't know what was. The stat market close for the day, but we'll be back with another edition soon. You don't have to wait, though, for talk about the Raptors and the Heat. That is coming up right after the break. They're ranked second and third in the East, respectively. So which team has been more impressive to start? You can argue amongst yourselves at home. We will argue it after this commercial. Our League Pass game of the night. And here's our second distant replay of the day to get you going. This date, 2013, this is not Vince Carter. Oh. So, just to clarify. Uh-oh. The jumper. Nothing doing there. Oh. Hello, Avery Bradley. Oh, wow. Hello, Avery Bradley. Never seen it. Look at this. Wow, that's a that's a all-in-one motion. Yep. What's, an, what's, a, what's the chance out of 10 you hit that? One? Half? I mean... High noon is minutes away, and we will discuss if the Seahawks prove they're the best team in the NFC. Is Jerry Jones hinting at a breakup with Jason Garrett? Do the Warriors look worse than the Knicks? And praise for Carmelo Anthony. Kind of, maybe. Okay, probably. Stay tuned. Hey, you out there, look, you need to join ESPN and the V Foundation in the fight against cancer. This is important. Visit v.org slash donate. All donations benefit the V Foundation for Cancer Research. So much stuff on there that's worth seeing. There's auctions. Go spend some money. It is a worthwhile cause. All right. Sonic Blockbuster on ESPN with the ACC Big Ten Challenge tonight. Number 10, Duke, taking on number 11, Michigan State, 930 Eastern. Draymond Green is going to get his jersey retired in East Lansing, so check that out. And then tomorrow, number 6, Ohio State, Brian Windhorst, uh, squares off against Cole Anthony and number 7, North Carolina, in Chapel Hill. Draymond's colleagues are also trying to find the bright side of the season. Take a look. 
over, take over. What? Well, take over, take over. Man. I'm back. That was something special. It felt great, man, just to compete. Burks for three, rimmed it out. A pretty entertaining game. Stephen Curry against Chris Mullen, the ultimate pop-a shot. Are we all get a trophy for this? Clay Thompson will evaluate all the bobbleheads. It's hard to pick, man. They're all so good. I'm looking forward to the Modelo that's waiting in my, uh, my locker. You gotta have fun. Gotta have fun. Clay, you did a tremendous job on the sidelines, but Kareth Burke still is my first choice there. All right, as we saw, the Warriors trying to have some fun this season. They were held to a season low, 79 points in Atlanta. Can you find any positives about last night's game, Brian Winhorse? Nobody got hurt. <laughs> I mean, look, actually, on this team this that year. That sounds like something I would say. That is a positive. <laughs> that is, that is low-key a positive. I mean, no. No. <laughs> it's the end of, it was the end of a road trip, I think. They can go home. Uh, when was this game? Last night. Oh, wow. Thanks for paying attention I was to not the NBA paying, schedule. Yeah, Golden State, Atlanta, missed that one on the schedule. I think Just I was saying. at half-price fajitas last night. Zion Williamson is, quote, itching, itching to get know. back to yeah, action, yeah. according to head coach Alman Gentry. Zion's been recovering from surgery on that torn lateral meniscus on his right knee for six weeks, but he has not yet started on court work. Remember, the idea was that he might come back sort of mid-December. Are you concerned at all that he hasn't done anything on court? Yes, because if you haven't done anything on court, that means that you're a few more weeks away than probably. And that doesn't include if there's a setback, if there's some pain. So until you start getting to that part, then, you know, you Why don't know. Why would you even think about moving fast? He's had four knee injuries, high school, college, summer league, preseason. I don't think this is going to make a playoff team anyway. So just be careful. It's the most important thing they've got in their franchise. Well, Brian, they don't think you're going to be a playoff team either. How about well, that? Right. Is he going to is he going to be a Ben Simmons? Is he just going to shut sit out, out for this the, year? Shut out I for the music on that so. segment. Kevin Durant may be long gone from Oklahoma City, but he is still very well represented on their court. I love this story. Thunder guard Dennis Schroeder wears KD's signature Nike shoe, and he told the Athletics' Aaron Hor- Eric Horn he has gotten flack from the crowd for doing this, that when they were teammates, Russell Westbrook gave him a hard time about doing it. But he's comfortable. He likes the lows. He's used to wearing Didn't soccer wear shoes Kyrie's from Europe. year after Kyrie left, uh, Richard? No comment. No, I did not wear Kyrie's. <laughs> I, I, I just don't wear other people's shoe. That's just oh, not, excuse it's me. Never. I feel you on that. Yeah, one time. One time. <laughs> I mean, it. it's both cute and funny, but also if his teammates were sort of like... What you doing, Don't bro? Don't you remember when Paul Pierce like intimidated rookies not to wear LeBrons? I can't remember who yeah. that was. Shoes are a piece of equipment as far as I'm concerned. There you go. Okay. He's comfortable and happy. And he's made his everybody own thing. Shoe. <laughs> <laughs> the Blazers are in L.A. to face the Clippers tonight. We will see a reunion of former teammates Carmelo Anthony and Paul George. Both PG and Kawhi talked about Melo being back in the league Sunday. Take a listen. I just hate how, you know, first game Melo came back the whole week. His plus minus was this, and him being on the floor, Portland generated this, and then now he's playing well in the media. It's three games straight where he's did this and that. Like I, I just hate the, the, the narratives that it's created by you know him being back. I don't think he was uh, treated the right way. Probably left him out there being a future Hall of Famer. As you can see, he's still running up and down the floor, so um, still got a lot of basketball there. Which is a little complicated because PG is talking about the media, which, of course, there's all different media who say all different things. And Kawhi is talking about the different teams that, quote, left him out there, meaning, like, who didn't put him on his roster. What do you feel about the way 
Mello was treated the way both these guys are talking? Well, I think people have had his back when he was gone, and people, now that he's back and proving to people they have his back. You know, I think one thing that also needs to be recognized is that Carmelo went out and said, like, look, there were some things I could have handled better. That's correct. Mm-hmm. I, there are some things, like, there's some yep. maturity things, there's some things I could have handled differently. Yep. Did, did those mistakes warrant what was going on? Probably not, and I don't think so, but he still felt the need to go out there and address that. So I think... You know, everything is coming back the way it should be. I'm not saying the punishment fit the crime, but he contributed to the situation he found himself in. I don't know, it was 8%, 30%, whatever, but ignoring that would not be fair. Here's what I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised to see Paul George get up and, and speak for him because there hasn't been a locker room that I have covered Carmelo Anthony in where the players in the locker room didn't have his back. So that I said, when Paul George got eliminated, you know, it was partially because Carmelo couldn't defend. I'm just saying that he know, still just, had his back. I know, but let's. He's I a, understand he's that. a divisive player, but the okay. players and who what, play with and him. And what like happened him. to Paul George? He ended up in L.A. Poor guy. Poor <laughs> League guy. pass game of the night. Heat at Raptors. Toronto has the second best record in the East on a seven-game winning streak. People recognize, and oh, by the way, they haven't lost at home. Miami just a game behind them. So, which team is pressing you more, Richard? Uh, I'm going to say Toronto. Right, like Pascal Siakam. What he has done has been so impressive. I think the leading vote getter for most improved player again in my opinion and he'll be an all-star this year two stunning things nick nurse winning coach of the month his first month without Ka- Kawhi leonard kendrick nunn who would have gotten this uh prop bet Not kendrick me. nunn wins rookie of the month andy and pat in miami yeah. come on oh. that was such but no but i mean wasn't he a huge steal for them right yes for sure so yes. there Simon. you go uh this off. just in at the buzzer kyrie irving has missed the net's last nine games with a shoulder injury well he's going to miss at least two more coach kenny atkinson said kyrie will stay behind to rehab while the team travels to atlanta and charlotte rj you were around this team a lot is kyrie's health a major concern for the nets no, but I think they want to be cautious, especially, you know, they're winning. They're doing well. Spencer Dinwiddie has been playing out of his mind. Jared Allen's been playing great. So their team is winning. Kyrie, get 100% healthy. This is a real injury, by the way. I, I, all this nonsense yes, about him trying to games. sit out for yeah, not go. This shoulder impingement is something that can linger well, for that, months. That's my point. I was actually worried the other way when this kept yeah. coming up. I was like, no, 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 this could be really serious. Yeah. We just showed his games missed due to injury over his career. Well, we'll be lucky um, he's missed games. nine of, I think, 20 games so far. Uh, Richard and Brian, they'll be back tomorrow. Um, well, Paul, Brian's going to be back. we got Paul Pierce. You, you, no, no, he no, can no. show up on time today, so we're no. replacing him. See ya.